1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, American Grand Prix post-race edition. And goodness gracious me, did we have an amazing event in Austin. Now, let's talk about it. And it's not just me. It's not just Matt. It's Tommy, the WTF1 founder, founded it from his bedroom over 10 years ago at uh, university, weren't you, Tommy? Anyway, and Katie Fairman the WTF1 editor, both myself and Casey are a little bit sleep-deprived uh, after the US GP um, finishing, well, I mean, starting at 8 p.m., what the hell is that about? I know there's going to be a lot of comments going, wow, you look at you, Europeans, you're not being able to do yeah you know, one late race. No, we can't. We're not used to
2: it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was the same. Uh, I, I kind of covered it in the last podcast as well when we said it's really bizarre uh, having qualifying, especially it was at 10 p.m. for us. And I 100% know that everyone other side of the world is going, oh, boo, boo hoo. You don't get one race at lunchtime. Um, Fair play to everyone that does this on a regular basis, because especially the ones, you know, when people are are watching it at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. But this one was worth getting up for. I would have got up myself because it was that good. It was just amazing.
0: It was. It was interesting finding things to do in the time to wait for the race. But then once the race had finished, I just had boundless energy. I was just so hyped because it was a brilliant race, a brilliant USGP
1: was indeed and welcome along to our team wtf1 members who are in the chat right now if you fancy joining team wtf1 we get exclusive podcasts live like we are right now Uh, and lots of other things karting clubhouse at silverstone where you camp with us uh, for the british grand prix loads of stuff Uh, go to wtf1.com forward slash team wtf1 now let's dive into some serious action i mean action it's difficult because a lot of it was just suspense but either way my three-word review max crucial win i don't know if that's the. i feel like i've used something very similar uh, in not that many podcasts ago yeah Uh, maybe even the same three words but it is (laughs) reinforcing your point i think it was crucial podium or
2: finish for the russia one I'm sure it yeah was, yeah I think it was similar, maybe but I don't know either yeah. way
1: I feel like yes I am repeating myself slightly but it is a crucial win because you're just course, such we, a Max fanboy you just want to talk about Max A all right mate look at the line in your background <laughs> uh, um, but yeah I, I think genuinely obviously as we get towards the end of the season every win is crucial but it seemed as though Max was very much against the odds with the strategy that Red Bull had to play after Lewis getting him into turn one and he just made it work and I think another three-word race review is a champion's drive, which is what I kind of tweeted because it was one of those where he had relentless pressure on him the entire race once he got the the lead. And obviously Hamilton was maybe on a bit more of a preferential strategy, having fresher tyres towards the end, but managed to hold on without any sort of mistakes. And if he's able to do that with what is now five races to go, I think he's ready. He's ready to be a world champion. He seems almost too cool
0: he did he kept his cool a lot in that race we came into uh the u.s thinking that this is going to be mercedes track you know they've scored um oh they've got a win here every single year in the hybrid oh uh, no sorry pole here every year in the hybrid era because Kimi Raikkonen took that sneaky win in 2018 um but yeah we thought this is probably going to be a lewis hamilton win maybe a valtteri bottas win and then red bull just rocked up and were like uh you were expecting us uh and max verstappen he did he put on a fantastic performance, kept Lewis Hamilton back. I know that there was a little uh, worry, should we say, going into the race because obviously they were both lining up on the front row and turn one has seen its fair share of action over the last few years. And we spoke about it on the podcast we did before the race saying that there was a, a small part of us that were thinking, could they come together? Like, obviously that's not what we wanted. We want to keep this championship battle alive, but yeah, Max did a, a brilliant job. Great call from Red Bull on that strategy. And uh, we now go to Mexico and Brazil, which are in theory Red Bull tracks, but this season has proved that absolutely anything can happen. The rule book ru- <laughs> oh my god. Can you tell I'm on like two hours sleep? I'm about to the put my headset book... on charge,
1: I think you need to be on charge as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a low battery. Um the rule book has well and truly been thrown out for this season. I'm going to have a little micro nap while Tommy makes his point.
2: <laughs> yeah, the the significance of that victory, like like you said, Matt, it was a champions drive. People, it's very easy to be in. You know, once you've got that race winning car, it's not as easy uh, as just being able to win a championship. There's so much pressure. Let's not forget, this is the first time that the Verstappen has had a car capable of winning a world championship. And for him to pull off a drive like that six rounds to go when the pressure's really, really on Lewis Hamilton, who just seemingly, it, it, you know, he could well be out of this title, but is just not backing down, uh, putting him under so much pressure, chasing him down. It did almost feel like at one point that Red Bull completely got the wrong strategy and he was going to be a sitting duck. And for him to get that win, Extend the title lead, and just look so cool about the whole thing. It is is such a significant win for him right at the end of the season when the the pressure's on. Uh, like you say as well, like a Hamilton stronghold as well. You know, Red Bull haven't won there in the hybrid era, so very very impressive drive.
1: Yeah, and you, you could almost say that winning around Cota, when you expect this to be a Mercedes strong, well, a strong Mercedes track. And then as we get towards the end of the season, Red Bull have usually been quite good as well. Of course, we've got two tracks that are completely brand new that we don't know where the form is going to lie. But generally speaking, like Abu Dhabi, for example, Red Bull have been quite strong in the past there as well, haven't they? So you know, it's it's going to hopefully, fingers crossed, come down to the wire. But it feels as though, obviously, coming into Kota after Turkey, we were thinking, actually, if Mercedes sorted something out here with their straight line speed, they lo- looked a lot quicker uh, and you're kind of thinking, oh, is this now finally Hamilton and Mercedes are like stretching their legs and and going to basically run away with the championship? But Max winning round Cota is something that none of us expected. I think we all expected Mercedes to be the quickest, quickest team, and and they weren't. Uh, at ground underscore 096, is that the best drive by Max Verstappen uh, in terms of leading from the front and? You know, fending off all the pressure. I think absolutely. You know, you take into account the whole scenario of of where he is in the championship, leading what by only a few points. Knowing that if he loses a position to Hamilton, it's a big swing in Lewis's favor. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I would say certainly.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. It may not be as exciting as something like a 2016 Brazil, where he had that amazing wet weather drive. Obviously, we know with the the driver of the day votes, people much prefer when someone starts 20th in an amazing car and finishes fifth as opposed to just dominating or or even just having a race from pole and winning but for max to do that like like you've mentioned and we mentioned earlier in a championship fight lewis hamilton driving as well as he is you know hamilton is arguably in the prime of his career like he's he's raised his game i think you said it in in IBR as well you know both of them are just well, raising their game Thanks, darling <laughs> you should <Both>. do that <laughs> i see i had time to this morning <laughs> uh but the yeah the thing is they've both raised their game um and they're just they're just building each other up so they're both just driving unbelievably well and for max to beat lewis like that yeah for, for me it's definitely the, the best win of his career just because of the like I say the significance of it and how he did it under enormous pressure and the circumstances of it being so close to the end of the title it is a proper statement of like I am championship worthy I'm not gonna bottle this under pressure or anything like that it's it's uh, it was an amazing drive
0: yeah, I very much share the same view as both of you two. Um, I think that was a phenomenal drive from Max. We're, we're lucky we've seen some really brilliant drives from him so far this year. You know, there's been no shortage of exceptional drives from him, which I think is when you look at the ABCDEF1 rankings, Max Verstappen seems to have an A or an A star for almost every single race this year. Um, but yesterday was something else entirely, really, like you said, a championship drive. Um, and... He now goes to Mexico with, I think it was a 12-point championship lead, which is the the biggest lead we've had since Austria, which seems so long ago. And it really probably was only a few months ago, but yeah, a a great drive from him.
1: was indeed. Uh, At isolation. gamer one was Max getting the DRS off of Mick what saved him in the end? If he wasn't able to get the advantage, would he have lost? No, I think Mick, if anything, cost him more time by not getting out of the way and... There was, of course, he got DRS, which allowed him to, you know, open his uh, his rear wing once. But I feel like Mick was the backmarker that, you know, just just made Max lose a little bit of grip because uh, he was in front of him for maybe two sectors. So, yeah, for me, I think Mick lost Max more time than what he gained back with DRS because I think you only gain about two tenths. And I know Max was a bit of a sitting duck uh, with his straight line speed, but. But no, I don't think Mick was was a help at all. If anything, it seemed as though he was trying to help Lewis win the race, uh, which I I don't see that connection. If that was Sebastian Vettel chasing down um, Max Verstappen, there'd be all kinds of conspiracy theories. But no, I don't think he helped at all.
0: No, what Mick did say after the race, he's like, I couldn't really disappear. And it's like, well, you probably could have like, pulled away like yeah, the, there the nearest. plenty of he,
1: occasions
0: <laughs> the near well, Mazepin was I think about 80 seconds 80 90 seconds behind him so I mean pulling over to the side is not going to cost you 80 seconds unless you really really mess it up and <laughs> end up beached in some gravel or something like that um, but like you say uh, Verstappen was able to get some DRS Verstappen also said afterwards that he kind of understood why Mick did it he said you know it's his right to sort of be there on on the track and uh he also said that he thinks he would have been fine had he had mick been there had he not been there either way he would have been like no problem but i think well christian horner said that he felt like he was going to have a heart attack <laughs> in that penultimate lap to same schumacher yeah not getting out of <laughs> the way And I think he represents all of us F1 fans because we were just like, oh my goodness. If this whole, like it'd been hyped up the whole race of like in the last three laps is when it's going to be like nail biting and super intense. And then you see Verstappen getting stuck behind one of the lap task cars and you're like, oh my God. But um, it was was fine. I feel like I'm just saying words. They're not really (laughs) making
1: sense. Well, I wasn't being rude, Katie. I was trying to fix my headset Constantly oh, beating no, my ear, uh, saying, um, "Yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm fed up with what Katie's saying. Goodbye." no, I'm sure what you're saying, Katie, is, is perfectly fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was um, pretty pretty bad driving from Mick. To be honest, I think if it was Mazepin, I think everyone would have been roasting oh, have him head, for, yeah, had his head. And because I put the the tweet out and and I almost was went a bit more cheeky with it and said that Mick doing everything he can to. Uh, make sure Hamilton takes his dad's record uh, for winning the title. Because yeah. so I'm like, surely you want Verstappen to win this title. So uh, Michael's record stays. Um, but regardless of that, you know, he's not, he's not in a race with anyone. And I understand he's doing his race and shouldn't just jump out of the way, but, and it's, and it's not the easiest track. It's quite a single file that, you know, there's a lot of single file lines um, at Cota and it's very dusty off track, but I thought it was a bit, a bit poor from Mick and I was the same as Christian Horner where I was like, oh my God, Mick's Mick's about to cost Verstappen the win here and, and yeah. Hamilton's going to get DRS at the end. And then yes, of course, he, he was, I think Mick was extremely lucky that Verstappen ended up getting um the the DRS and pulling away because that did save him somewhat. Um because if he hadn't, I do think we would have had a, a moment where Hamilton was getting DRS on the final lap down the down the big long straight. And then I think Mick Schumacher would have been um, an accidental, uh, yeah, it, it would have been a lot more of a thing. And uh, it would have, uh, I imagine, certain uh, fans of it, either side won't, wouldn't have been particularly happy if, you know, a house is getting in the way, is deciding the world championship. But that is these the margins that we're we're having this year, that these races between Hamilton and Verstappen going down to the wire, um, that the traffic was so crucial actually during the whole race. I will go into this a little bit later with how much action there was, but I almost wanted to see more of Max and, and Lewis. But there was so much action going on in the midfield that they understandably show, showed a lot of that going on as well. But you almost didn't see any of Lewis taking the gap down. But that I almost wanted to see that because it's quite interesting because you knew that every single back marker would play such a huge part. And, um, yeah, it was just such a, a tense and amazing
1: race. It was indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you make a very good point about if that was Mazepin. I think we'd, uh, there'd be a lot more uh, people basically losing their minds on Twitter. But, alas, yeah, Mick should have got out of the way. I, I Obviously, we don't know what exactly the, his team said to him, but... If you're hearing Verstappen is coming up, he doesn't know the whole complexion of the race, Mick, in that particular situation being in last place, but and he's well within his rights to carry on. So there is the argument that, you know, he's not going to know that Verstappen and Hamilton are, you know, Hamilton's got eight lap fresher tyres and it's coming down to the wire. But at the same time, he definitely could have done more to get out of the way. Uh, At Thai Kangas 30, what is more important to the teams, the Constructors or Drivers' Championship? Even though Mercedes still has a decent lead in the constructors, it seems all of the attention is on the drivers from both teams. Well, to the teams, the most important is the constructors, because that's where the money is. It's not through the drivers. Of course, it's great to have a Drivers' World Champion, and it's great for the brand and and, and that sort of stuff. But the, the teams is where the money is handed out by Formula One, and it's a lot of money. So... That's why that you know team orders come into play quite a lot throughout the entire field. So, yeah, it's uh, it's weird that people think that it's complete attention on the drivers because if it was complete attention on the drivers, Perret, they would have pit Perez, put him out behind Leclerc, made him set the fastest lap and taken a, a point away from Hamilton. Like, if they didn't care about the constructors, they would have sacrificed... They did that at
2: Silverstone, didn't <laughs> they?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's very true. Um, but they didn't do it for... Austin. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you would think that, you know, if they're going eggs all in one basket for the drivers, they would have sacrificed the podium to take that point away from Hamilton, but they didn't.
2: Yeah, I I'm not sure where I stand on this because I think it's maybe a little bit um I feel like it's changed a little bit uh this year because a little bit. I I know you, like you mentioned just then that they didn't do that, but they did do it at Silverstone. And for me, it does seem that that the teams are a bit more favouring the drivers, I suppose. I just need to plug this in. uh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for me, I feel like Toto and uh, Christian Horner have both been really, you know, made it clear that the drivers is the thing they want this year. And I know that, you know, they get the prize money and all this, but I think it's going to be a fascinating situation if the, the Constructors' Championship stays really close what they'll do because when i was talking about a few different crazy scenarios you know if there's only a few points between them going into the final race we we could in theory get a ridiculous and crazy situation where perez and bottas almost have to decide and red bull have to decide whether they almost sacrifice the constructors championship to help the drivers going into the final race and then we'll see that firsthand which one they prefer um because for me the the driver the driver driver's one is the one that the fans and the media and everyone get more involved in so while the constructors yes they get the money it's almost not irrelevant but because the the marketing and everything they'll probably get more money from marketing and have been have a driver's world champion
1: you reckon yeah
2: i don't i don't think they care i don't think they care as much i think mercedes winning a drivers championship with Hamilton is so much more valuable to them than winning the constructors championship and same for Red Bull. I don't think Christian Horner gives one beep about the constructors championship personally.
0: I'd slightly I'd slightly disagree on that last point. I think it would be good for Christian Horner because Obviously, they secured all those constructors championships with with Sebastian Vettel, and then they've gone through a bit of a dry patch with Mercedes just completely dominating it. And I think that it would be a nice sort of full circle to come back around and say, "I'm not." I'm f-
2: not saying they don't want to win it. Obviously, no, I'm yeah, saying but you're saying, saying that, yeah, you think I think they'd sack problem. it off if Max could win the title. You think that's like, yeah. okay? I, mean, I think
0: uh, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure as well from the Verstappen side of the garage to make sure that you know Verstappen is one of the youngest world champions. And it's been very evident as soon as Versappen came into that team that that was the aim is to try and get him to be the youngest ever world champion, which I don't know if he's too old now, which sounds absolutely obscene because he's literally still so yeah, I young.
2: I can't remember if he's missed it. I'm sure the chat I think, will, will remind yeah. us. Here's a, here is a theoretical situation for you both then. they are going to the last round. Let's so close our eyes. It's Abu Dhabi, the title finale. Uh, Sergio Perez is third or something and Lewis Hamilton set the fastest lap and if Sergio Perez finishes third they can win the constructor's title but Verstappen doesn't win the driver's title but if Perez pits and takes a point off Hamilton Verstappen wins the driver's title are Red Bull going to pit Perez or not I say yes they would
1: to it's win the drivers like, over the I, I feel like it'd be a very difficult conversation, Tom. It was. Mm-hmm. It I, would. At,
0: yeah, I would not want to mess with Jos Verstappen sort of standing yeah, there like, true. you better not. I, I'm
1: just looking at the 2016, because this is the only one I could find, uh, prize money distribution. And the difference between first and second in 2016 was $20 million. But uh, that's, that's a lot of money for, you know, I guess the inner workings of Red Bull. Uh, and, oh, well, yeah, for, I guess for Haas. Like <laughs> but they're I mean, not, they're, they're not they're, first or second. They're selling... <laughs> no.
2: they're selling 20 million pounds worth of Red Bull if Verstappen in in Holland alone if Verstappen True. wins the world uh, championship. Nah, <laughs> nah, Holland is sold out Tommy. Holland is sold I out. I know. Look, but, it, but you do, you do pose a very good question. I want right? I want to hear what chat the chat thinks as well that would would cuz cuz personally in my head I think I think they would do that. I think they would sacrifice the constructors yeah, to get I mean, to let Max win the title.
1: I think so too, but I think it would be a very difficult and long discussion before the race as to all of the possible scenarios because there are going to be people in Red Bull going you're doing what how much how much are <laughs> you throwing down the toilet potentially what now? Uh, but no <laughs> I think Christian Nova Horner as, well. as a racer and obviously Verstappen is their wonder child I do agree I just think that it would be a very difficult decision and not 100% either way
0: yeah. Oh, this is a difficult decision. I'm glad I'm not a team principal. I'm glad I'm not in Christian Horner's shoes. Um, but I mean, normally this time of the year, Mercedes have wrapped up the Constructors' Championship, haven't they? In fact, I think they said it was in Cota in 20 Yeah. Well, they're a lot that closer Hamilton now, Red Bull, because of
2: that race. It's not, yeah. it's not out of the question now, which I thought it almost was at one point, but... Just just saying the chat are 100% with me. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah,
1: cool. <laughs> yeah. no, no,
0: but I suppose... I'm not saying
1: yeah, I'm i not. know. I know. It's just, it's just it, you think it's, just, it's not, not a, a clear-cut easy. decision yeah. as what people I, might think. That's basically what I'm getting at. I guess I, for
0: both, both teams, the marketing is great because if Lewis wins it, he's an eight-time world champion. He's got the most driver championships ever in Formula One history. That comes with probably a lot of sponsors and marketing and all that kind of stuff and same for Red Bull if they can say we have a world champion in our team now and here he is and he's really great then that's also going to bring in more people so works both ways
2: i think that's interesting to i think it the, is an idea yeah and i think to to be fair to be fair i think in my head obviously this is just my opinion red bull I don't think have any kind of not any discussion they obviously discuss it but i think it's almost like they would go for it whereas mercedes i totally agree i think they would be a bit more they'd have the discussions because obviously they're on this amazing winning streak and it would look amazing Mm. to be like x times constructors title because you know that could potentially even carry on after hamilton retires and then they have this you know constructors winning streak of about 11 12 13 whereas for me red bull it's just get the driver's title with max so
1: okay no yeah we'll see yeah i agree i I hope it
2: does that because that would be fascinating (laughs) yeah although at the same time
1: don't really mercedes are the one that are going to be sacrificing the drivers to go and well i was just
2: saying i don't i don't
1: also don't really however
2: much it would be absolutely insane i don't really want the title be to be decided by perez pitting for a fastest (laughs) lap
1: well, no, but then, then they'd obviously Mercedes would then probably pit Bottas Pit, or pit Bottas, or, yeah. yeah oh it would it, be absolute carnage, and it'd be like the Formula Reblum in uh, finale. It was the season one <laughs> when they just had that bit of a fast um, ending. Season two, sorry. Uh, you can tell I watch a lot. Um, right, next question. Uh, actually, was that a question that we've already covered? Did I ask that question? I can't even remember. That was what I asked. The Titanic Yes, it was. 30, yeah, was it? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tommy, your three-word race review, please. Uh, mine is more two stops.
2: And, well, it's <laughs> exactly what, what it says. Um, it's just a showcase of how much better F1 is when it's a two-stop race. You know, there's more strategy variation. Overtaking is quite difficult at Cota, despite being, you know, a good track in theory. it's quite should be easy. And, you yeah, know, there's quite a bit of passing in the midfield, but it's very dusty offline. Saw how hard it was for Max and Lewis, even when they had an advantage behind each other. They couldn't really get past. So... When you've got that strategy, it just throws another curveball into the mix, and um, yeah, it's not really much more to say than that. Just I think it, it's just F one is just so much better when you have that two stop because it just makes the race more entertaining, more strategy, um, and you get that level of jeopardy again. Um, you know, I think I think that's almost going back to to Turkey maybe it wasn't the race we expected because everyone's just saving their tires. You do one stop and pit. Whereas this race, it just shows that more pit stops equals more excitement.
1: But not too many though, Tommy, we've seen Uh, seen the four stop era in Canada and all that good stuff where the tires were falling off after five laps or whatever. So yeah, yeah, two stops is just about right. Isn't it? It's not forced entertainment. There's enough strategy elements for undercuts, overcuts, wumbling free all that stuff so yeah uh, it's uh, um yeah i don't know why i just used the telly reference that was very odd um but yeah so telly yeah isn't that Wombles underground overground wumbling no. free that's <laughs> weird because i was in a i was in we will rock you and i swear it, i then said in oh, the maybe. script because i was the bad guy and then i said what did um and <laughs> do they say, why do they say oh? yeah and I, and what, Uh, Maybe it's two different things. Where's
0: this going?
1: Underground, (laughs) overground, one big. Okay, anyway, I don't know where I went with this, Uh, but we moved. That's the beauty of this podcast. Um, Yeah, more two stops.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, we had uh, Sonoda and Science on the soft. So they were Poe in terms of color. And then we had the rest of the grid on the yellow Lalas. (laughs) God. Uh, But yeah, I agree. I thought it was uh, a good. Mix of people. I mean, I still don't understand why they put, especially science, on that soft tire, and I don't think science really (laughs) understood either. But it did mean that we had a really interesting uh, strategy decisions made there, and then um, with the two stops and bringing Max in so early. Like, I think most of us watching that were like, "Sure, surely that's either like a bluff or something along those lines." But it ended up working out pretty well, and Red Bull are doing like they've seem to have just really. Nailed it! Now, where they're bringing in Max um earlier than than Lewis, and man- managing to make that strategy work. But yeah, yesterday's race it was particularly. I think it was like lap ten or something. He came in, which out of a fifty six lap race is pretty early.
2: It was that, it, sorry, Verstappen. Verstappen, Verstappen. Verstappen. Yeah, was it really we saw. Early. We saw pit he was in. Early, he like, was in before we, science He was obviously on the software. Yeah, was, was yeah and we, and we saw I like saw lap that. eight,
1: didn't we? I swear there was there were yeah, some people that coming in very so. early. I guess it's because they knew that they couldn't do a one-stop. Two stops was the quickest way, and but then there was clearly some leeway as to exactly when you wanted to, to do that. So kind of, obviously, Max saw that as the opportunity so that he then, uh, well, if he waited for Lewis to pit, then Lewis would have always had track position, most likely, because I guess Lewis is technically undercutting himself, kind of, you know what I mean, to defend his position, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Two stops were, yeah, 100% the way to go unfortunately it's very difficult for peretti to about, apparently do that um whether that's you know formula 1 telling them not to i don't know but surely it's not too difficult to make a two stop make you know it should just be two stops um but then again we have spoken about this before making it a mandatory two stop is something we didn't want we just want a natural two stop right <laughs> yeah so,
0: i think not we forced, were talking about tires fun. off we're talking about tires a lot after turkey um and how Esteban Lock-On was able to go a whole race on the Inters. And I was saying that I missed the element of like one stop, two stops and the variety that brings. So, yeah, I don't want it to be like, yeah, mandatory. Like you say, I just want it just to happen naturally. Just like let nature heal, that kind of, that kind of. <laughs> to heal?
1: Uh, just me just have the. So
0: tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, really? <laughs> I'm, I'm lagging here, guys. Uh, on, I,
2: was just gonna, I was just going to say that, yeah, we're. We're, it's probably asking a bit too much from Pirelli to be able to uh make the exact you know in in a perfect it's their job yeah
1: but well, just no, make the tires
2: make the tires softer or something just to get give us two just stops a please.
1: Come on. just a smidge soft no. right anyway moving on team WTF1 member are done zero did today's race show that if there weren't blue flags max maybe couldn't have won i mean taking that one particular incident on its own maybe maybe lewis would have gone to the back of him but we had many many back markers throughout the entire race and without blue flags it would have been chaos most likely um i'm i'm kind of for blue flags in that situation because i feel like that would almost i don't know i i just don't think it would sit right maybe it's just because i don't like change but um yeah I don't know I feel like it would impact the race too much in a way in which it's not really fair uh, for maybe the lead drivers
0: yeah I I think blue flags are a necessary thing in Formula One I know that they're not used in other championships but for Formula One I think that because of the extremities extremities you can do this do it. Um, that you know, we see the has get lapped you know, twice every race, and uh, it's quite a common thing to maybe have the top 12 like below the top 12 have been lapped. Um, I'm really, I can word, I can do words, I can do words. I if can you want to hear the rest
1: of the podcast from the sofa, just let me know. All right, you yeah,
0: I'm really sorry to everybody. The quality of this podcast has gone down the toilet, but uh that was to in, answer that the was
1: a race one right, carry on.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um to answer the question, I think max probably still would have won had there been no blue flags. thank you for your question
2: wow okay that was really <laughs> insightful yeah <laughs> it's too it's too hard to it's too hard to pass uh, in Formula one without blue flags i mean yeah. even as woeful as hassar you know you saw it you know if Mick kept avoiding blue flags. He could stay ahead of a Stappen for quite a few laps. That's how hard it is to pass, you know, or at least you know half a lap, and and then you know you get into the the midfield. I can't remember exactly where they would have lapped up to, but at uh, if, I don't know if you guys know who they was the highest person they lapped, but say it was you know a McLaren or a or mm. a, a, an Alpine or whatever, not an Alpine because they retired. But um, it's going to be so hard
1: to pass, isn't it? Listen to
0: me. I've just put half my water down myself. <laughs> um
1: The <laughs> highest person uh, to be lapped was Yuki Tsunoda in P9.
2: There you go. And, you know, an Alpha Tauri is a good car. And regardless of Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton being a lot quicker than Yuki Tsunoda, the dirty air, uh, as such, you know, is so bad yeah. that Yuki could probably hold him off for quite a while, uh, which we. Actually did see, because they were in a battle of their yeah. own, and they struggled yeah, yeah. to get past um and it's not just you know just because Max got blocked, Lewis would have been exactly the same. if anything. we've always talked about how the Mercedes seems worse in dirty air than anyone else because they're used to winning from poles. So I think it's just the nature of it, and I'm glad that blue flags uh are in operation because you just get a ridiculous situation where where they can't pass, and it just ruins the racing.
1: Maybe it'll work when we get the new regs and they can uh, you know, follow closer, fingers crossed, and maybe blue flags won't be needed then. Uh, we will see. Next question, at Chris1up, are the Mercedes strategists good enough? Wow, that is a straight cutthroat question if I've ever seen it from Chris. Yes, they are good enough. <laughs> they had to – well – Explaining it in a video actually going out this evening. Uh, so please check out the overcut, undercut, uh, F101 going out. Uh, but for you know, live team WTFR members, you're getting the inside scoop from the video. Uh, there was no way for them to have reacted to Max after that one lap. Max had made enough time up so that if Lewis had pit the next lap after the first round of pit stops, he would have lost position to Max. And not only that, if they'd pit him straight away the lap after, he wouldn't have you'd have one lap fresher tyres, which would have done very little. Uh, when you, you go up against Max and in what looked like a slightly better car around Cota. So that's why they had to decide to go longer to then execute the overcut in the second round of pit stops where they were then was it eight lap difference, I think between the two tires. So that gave them an opportunity to win the race. If they'd just followed suit with Red Bull, they would have stayed second and they wouldn't have had the pace difference. So and it seemed as, as well, I think when we were watching the onboards of Mercedes in practice and in qualifying as well, that they'd loaded on the understeer to try and allow for the tires to, to last a bit longer, you know, cause that's what they tend to do is, if, you know, they give a car a lot of understeer. That means that they then don't wear the tires as much because there's not as much, I guess, load going through. it. I'm not going to get too technical because cool i do not understand, but you know what I mean? Uh, that is something that they do. And clearly they w- were thinking if they get jumped, uh, sorry, if, if Max goes ahead of them, they want to try and make this overcut work and, I think that was the only viable strategy available to them.
2: This is peak F1, isn't it? Uh, like the strategists, you're only as good as your last race. You know, two, two races ago, we were lauding Mercedes because... McLaren messed up their strategy. Lando lost the race. Mercedes pitted Hamilton. And, you know, we're lauding them for how good they were to like basically Lewis you're coming in. This is a hundred percent the best thing to do. And they pitted him. And we were all saying, you know, Mercedes, this is why they're seven-time champions and so experienced and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then this time it doesn't work out, and we're saying they're terrible. And then next week, because Red Bull and Mercedes are so close. This, this undercut and overcut has happened many times, happened in Bahrain, you know, Mercedes. It, you're almost being behind. You're the one that gets to almost try something a little bit different. And sometimes that plays brilliantly and sometimes it doesn't. And that makes the racing so good actually this year is that we've had that where someone behind can't overtake, so they'll do an undercut or an overcut or whatever. And, you know, it happened in Bahrain, Barcelona, Paul Ricard here it's just happening all the time because they're just so close on track and it gives the opportunity of the car behind to try something and when it works they're the they're the greatest strategists in the world and when it doesn't work they're apparently terrible and everyone questions whether they're good enough or not um so yeah to answer the question yes they are fine and i'm sure they'll pull an absolute blinder in one of the final six races. And, and then they'll have the question are of, are Red enough? Bull good enough? Yeah, 100%.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's like swings and roundabouts. I think Mercedes strategists are definitely good enough, like you say. they There's a reason why they have so many constructors' championships and have managed to help provide their drivers with so many drivers' championships is because they know what they're doing and they are one of the best, if not the best. It's just that Red Bull have pulled things out of the bag this year. They've played them at their own game um yesterday I don't think that Mercedes probably could have pitted Lewis any earlier than they did Max um and obviously towards the end of the race Lewis pitted and was on the fresher tyre which we all thought meant he was going to close that gap and then lead to the overtake um so that didn't end up happening but it was still in my opinion a sensible strategy call it's not like they decided to I don't know double stack the mercedes at the same time and then that led to somebody getting held up and like there's, there's no nothing dramatic that means that they've made a terrible decision in that race um it's just a case of red bull uh a, a bit like the talking of like texas cowboys american theme uh the wild wild west they were the first to pull draw. the gun draw draw <laughs> that's the one um so yeah it was a good job from mercedes but an even better job from red bull
1: first to pull the gun uh lovely stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean it's technically pulling the gun out of a holster
1: i guess so yeah Absolutely. I'm making
0: my own sayings up. It's fine. Why not?
1: Yeah, look. <laughs> Why not? This is a safe space in this podcast.
0: <laughs> it um, only goes out to a few people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question, at Spitbox. Is Cota actually a good track? Most of the passes were in the pits or under DRS, and those that weren't almost always resulted in someone being pushed off the track. How do you guys feel about the track overall? Personally, I'm not a fan. Well, Spitbox, I'm not sure if you watched the same race as I did, because I love Cota, <laughs> and I think it's a brilliant track. Uh, it's amazing to watch in qualifying. You have the yeses like at Silverstone, you have the the back end of the track where it's like turn eight at Turkey. You've got uh, an awesome corner just before that turn eight at Turkey-esque um, sequence of corners where you've got, you can take maybe three or four different lines into that double left hander just before the Nico Rosberg spinning under uh, with from a gust of wind corner um
0: Is that the official name?
1: Yes, that's what yeah. it's officially named after. It's that a plaque, after a that blue race. plaque on the corner. But I, I genuinely really like Cota, and it's it's one of my favourite tracks on the calendar. I don't really ever say it, it doesn't really spring to mind. But when I actually think about it as a track, I think it's great. You've got a massively long straight. You've got a straight down the the front as well. Turn one is so unique with how high it goes and then it falls away again. I think it's brilliant
0: is it is a good track i do like it i wouldn't say it's up there with like in my top five or anything like that but there are certain elements to it that i do really (laughs) i'm gonna say eighth maybe um but it does normally deliver a pretty good race um and like you say there's sort of really good bits from other great tracks that have all sort of been thrown in there are some bits like the straight sometimes I maybe feel are a little bit too long um but generally it has provided us with great racing and like you say with this question I thought that the overtaking yesterday was brilliant like there was I mean it will I'll go into my three-word race for you in a minute but there was something happening almost every lap um and I won't waffle on too much because otherwise I'll just explain my whole three-word race review. But I really like Kota. I think it's a, a great track.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a best of, isn't it? They've, they've done it deliberately. It was all part of the plan that, you know, one master part part of it is meant to be turn Eight. Then you've got the bit that's meant to be like maggots and beckets and it's almost like a, a best of track. So um, yeah, agreed. It's, I mean, newsflash. F1 is really hard to overtake, and almost every circuit is terrible because the dirty air is so poor in these cars. And for a track, yeah, I mean, if that's not a lot of overtaking, you're not going to enjoy the final few races. <laughs> Although I guess, I guess uh um Interlagos is a is a good track for passing. But yeah, you know, we we have this discussion a lot of like, is the track good enough for passing? The cars are just awful for overtaking. Um and you know, there's things they can do, and uh, next year is meant to be better. We'll find out. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Cota's, you know, terrible. And I thought there was a quite a, a good amount of on on track uh, overtakes, like Katie said, going to review. But there was almost too much going on that the, the TV didn't know where to look.
0: Uh, the TV direction was not great. But I'd much rather have somewhere like Cota on the calendar than something like Sochi. Although we had a fantastic Russian Grand Prix this year, like the chances of it being great, you know, it's been on the calendar for X amount of years and we've had one good race. Whereas Kota, I feel like normally delivers something every year. So yeah. Please think like we're not planning on getting rid of it. In fact, we're just going to add more American races to the calendar. But
1: we are. Yeah, yeah it's safe yeah. to say, yeah. I think, yeah, COTA yesterday really did have everything. Katie, what's your three-order review?
0: My three-order interview is it having everything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I did. I saw it coming up, and I am sorry.
0: That's fine. On. <laughs> I'll let you on. Uh, yeah, so that's my three-word race review. Because, as you said, we had a battle at the front. Who was going to take the win? That was exciting. We had strategy calls up and down the grid. We had fantastic overtaking. Um, special shout out to Fernando Alonso because my God, I haven't laughed so hard in, during a race for his team radio and him basically just giving a middle finger to the FIA at this point which is really funny um and yeah just generally like I thought it was a a great race there's so many performances from up and down the grid though that I feel have gone really unnoticed because there was so much going on Charles Leclerc stunning performance to keep that P4 Daniel Ricciardo also the bit at the beginning with the McLarens and the Ferraris was amazing Sebastian Vettel going from the back of the grid to P10. Um, Yuki Snow did a decent job. Like, there's, I'm sure I'm probably forgetting other people, but there were so many great stories from that race. And, yeah, TV Direction didn't do it justice. But to be fair, I think they would struggle to do justice to just everything that happened. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you. For that. that was I love, all my energy that I love, I've bottled up since. This I
1: love it, every single statement you've made in this podcast so far. You've then said thank you afterwards. Like, <laughs> just like, thank you for still thank sticking you. around. I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it did have everything. It was a really great race. The midfield were mental. Uh, I, I was absolutely convinced that Lando Norris was taking out Charles Leclerc with that dive up the inside, with how the corner very much bends to the left quite quite significantly it's more than a 90 degree left hander that one um but got away with it uh, and they fought hard and then of course we had the Danny Rick and Carlos Sainz fight which was then swept away from the mini box and we just had to wonder what had happened uh very much Lance Stroll from Monaco uh vibes um but yeah so it was uh, it was. I'm, I was very surprised to not see a safety car with the amount of craziness that was going on uh, in the midfield. To be honest, Alonso and Joe Vanassi, as you say, I. I mean, that was just becoming a, a bit of a farce in the end, wasn't it? Really, with Alonso just basically driving off the track and hoping that that the stewards wouldn't say anything. It's, it's so weird that he's almost like calling, not trying to call their bluff. I don't know what he's trying to do. Like you know, embarrass them. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is but I don't think he was actually right. I think that with the way he was fighting Joe Venazzi, he was forced off the track. Was it no, it was Kimmy? Was it Kimmy? Yeah, he Kimi, Kimi yeah he, he pushed Kimmy off, off the
0: track. He pushed Kimmy off the track.
1: He was still on the track. Well, he came back on the track and took the position back. Alonso then later just <laughs> overtook, drove off the track.
2: And overtook and then was like, Yes, what a move. Um, it was like,
1: what that yes. It was people, so obvious.
2: People uh, completely <laughs> misunderstood um w- one of the tweets I did on, on WTF one. Uh, so I think it, I don't think it translated very well, but there's a term um, "s housing" uh, is is the phrase oh. which I think is used in football quite a bit for you know people that bit of gamesmanship, but it's yeah. but it's like an endearing and it's a funny thing that you know it, it's like a it's kind of humorous that you just almost have to laugh at how ridiculous it is. And Alonso perfectly epitomizes that because you know he knows what he's doing. He, he like he's there to to almost. I feel like his, him coming back into F1 is all the, all obviously, you know, he's, he's there to win and do well, but part of it as well is just to be like all the things that annoy me about F1, I'm going to like bring up and just cause chaos. You know, I hate track limits. I'm going to just cut the first corner and then say, well, this is actually technically fine. So you can't (laughs) come at me and all this stuff. And I absolutely love it. I think it's hilarious, but also at the same time, I I I genuinely burst out laughing when it got on the radio. One, yes, I was yeah, I like, couldn't possibly think. It's the most it's obvious Alonso, thing. It's just that.
1: Alonso being Alonso, and I love him for it. He's gone from being Fernando, you know, complaining about GP two engines and and whatnot, to now just absolutely ripping into the stewards. And I'm I'm here for it, to be honest. Uh, and then Alpine were getting involved as well, weren't they, with the uh, FIA team radio being all sassy with uh, with Michael Sassy and that sort of exchange was incredible like oh so we're allowed to overtake off the track now no we're not allowed Brilliant. you're not allowed to overtake. Oh, it's just it was amazing
0: <laughs> he was there like oh, for god's sake why did we allow this to be broadcast because yeah, obviously these kind of the conversation <laughs> these conversations have always been able to happen between the fia and the teams uh but now they're broadcast which is just i think the best thing f1's maybe not ever done but in yeah, terms of that's broadcasting a, that's a, that's a, big a bo- <laughs> that is a bold thing
1: fia <laughs> team radio the best thing f1's ever done yeah <laughs>
0: amazing um but no it's certainly very um entertaining for us fans listening to these conversations and yeah you can just imagine michael massey sat at his desk being like no that's not okay and like i keep just jabbing at it and jabbing at it but you gotta remember love, michael massey isn't the stewards as well
1: that's true. Yeah, he's literally passing it on to the stewards. Mm. I'd love to see a comparison of how teams spoke to Charlie Whiting and how they speak to Michael Massey. I guarantee it's very, very different. And I think Michael was probably at fault for that because of how he set the tone from what we saw anyway. And, you know, he was the one that kind of led this whole sassy sort of responses. And I feel like the teams haven't particularly he's responded well uh, well to that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, question from Team WTF1 member King of the Cassell 55. If Checo's drink was working properly, could he have challenged Lewis for P two? No. Moving on.
0: <laughs> Why do you not think so?
1: Because Lewis was one point four seconds off Max. I don't. I don't. How Perez was? I reasonable pace. I'm going to be
0: Team Perez here because he was really under the weather yesterday he said that he'd had some sickness um and diarrhea in the morning which you know but maybe a bit of a tmi when he dropped that in the oh, sky interview i was driving like, oh, God, a check car I'm, I've literally, diarrhea. yeah, <laughs> it's
1: all right yeah, I hold not, it in with g-forces right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's <gross. laughs> um but yeah he was saying that he'd been really unwell and so he'd been making sure to hydrate in the morning and then Going to the grid, it was evident his water bottle was leaking, like he had to change his racing balaclava. Um, but thought it had been sorted. And then imagine knowing that you've got to go around Kota, which is a massively demanding track. Like we've seen the g forces that you get around some of those corners, it's ridiculous. The track is mega bumpy, it's super hot. You're feeling like absolute SHIT already, and then you have to go around with absolutely no water or any kind of fluid. And like there are moments on the team like camera that he has on on the top of his car you can see me having to open his visor as he's driving down some of the straights because I'm sure he's just absolutely like flushed and feeling completely exhausted he said by lap 20 that he was like pretty much ready to give up so for him to power through and still maintain p3 I think is an ab- absolutely heroic drive from him and when you compare it to somebody like Valtteri Bottas, yes, I know that he didn't have the best quality. He also had a sixth ice change. But like, what did he do from the back? He he didn't come up and challenge Prez, you know, who's having a terrible day and take that third position. So, I'm going to defend Prez. Managed I, to keep Leclerc back, who looked, you know, fairly strong throughout the weekend.
1: I appreciate that, me. Katie. That wasn't the question, <laughs> though. <laughs>
0: It wasn't, but I, 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 I think... was.
1: I was more than happily going to jump on that exact same bandwagon. It was more the fact that no, he wasn't going to challenge Lewis for P two. I think that he would have sat in P three quite happily and not been challenged by Leclerc. But um, yeah, not to have his drink is is insane. And the fact that he was able to get to the end, especially with how he looked in the post-race interviews, to just get to the end was was a miracle. And the fact that he was unwell as well. I mean, I can only imagine that adrenaline was the only thing keeping him going. Uh, but uh, king of the castle. i I, max and lewis were in a completely different league even if sergio was completely well i don't think he's within 10 seconds of, of those two but you know that's just a running trend of the whole season that's not me being necessarily negative
2: i think he would yeah it's one of those things i don't think he would be up there with lewis and max i think the the gap um the forty-four second gap is massively exaggerated. I think not just yeah. because he not not just because he's unwell. Um, at the end of the day, he was he, he was being used, wasn't he, to help Max's strategy. He didn't really get to do the strategy he wanted. But he was on the same but, strategy as Max, though. Yeah, but I don't think you know they they pitted him, didn't they? And then they put the the mediums on, and they wanted to try and sort of make Hamilton stop, didn't they? That was like Max's Yeah. That, plan. I guess he had to
1: push hard at the start of his day.
2: Where, whereas I think you know, I don't I don't know this for a fact, but you never know if like if Perez could have done his own race, maybe he would have done his usual, I'm just gonna stay out, do a one stop and might have gained quite a bit of time or done something a bit different. But at the end of the day, he's got to play the team game to help Max. And I think he did that perfectly, you know, and that's what that's what got him. So the the 44 second gap is I think is I saw I saw a lot of people going like, oh forty-four seconds, that's you can't say that's a good drive. But for me it is because of him essentially sort of not running the race he wanted to, and also the fact that he had diarrhea.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's not nice. No, and let's not forget horrendous. as well. His his qualifying was unbelievable. I I couldn't believe it when he almost took pole position. Uh, you yeah, seen that in our qualifying watch along with me and Katie if you tuned in. Um But uh, obviously ending I up. Did P3. watch that? I when I saw. Oh, did you? When I, I saw, saw, I asked you a question. You didn't respond, so that's cool.
2: When, when I saw, um well, actually, because I was I was watching it and then I saw Perez go fastest, and then I like popped you guys on, turned the sound yeah, up, wanted to see your I wanted reac- to, do that. to see your reaction to it because because it, it was just. And I think you were like, "What compressed to? Can he go second?
1: Oh my god, he's gone pole!" Uh, yeah.
2: And yeah, Perez just looks so much more on it. We did our pre-race podcast, and it was saying that he's now not um, almost just copying Max's setup, and he's now sort of doing his own thing with the car, which is probably why he's doing so much better. And I also think um, that Adrian Nui is is also back. Uh, from he a bit is. of a break. And I don't think it's coincidental that Red Bull have sort of got very, very quick again now. Now mm. he's back because he is a genius. Obviously, there's a lot of people at Red Bull, but he is, uh, you know, an, an amazing, uh, an F1 legend. So, um, yeah, it's a good, good, well, almost the perfect, perfect day for, for Red Bull. Obviously, they'd have loved him to be P2, but it's yeah. not, not unlikely as we as we know but um that's where they they need him they need him to be this every week now where
1: they can play two against one rather than it being always the other way around exactly he played the perfect team game Uh, i don't think p2 was was up for grabs but he allowed max to win the race perhaps more comfortably than what would have because i think lewis would have gone further in that first after the first sorry before the first round of pit stops, maybe he would have gone a little bit longer, but of course, with Sergio who was within touching distance at that point um forced him into that that strategy so uh i, yeah, didn't,
2: was, I didn't actually know if um Perez you know how black like, Perez was dropping back I did see a few people saying like oh is this Perez like dropping back to potentially you know save his tires and do the one stop but then
1: he came in anyway um I don't uh, think a one-stop was possible. Uh, did anyone mm, do a one-stop? I don't think so, no. But no, it is, per- never... is Perez, isn't mm. it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, but that was never possible because of the fact he was pushing to make Hamilton stop. So yeah, that was, yeah. I don't think that, that was ever uh, ever on the cards. Exactly. Um, I
2: think if he hadn't have had to push to make Hamilton stop, maybe there was a very small chance. I'm, I'm trying to think back to uh, uh, Portimao where Perez was the only one that did that. That one-stop mm. strategy and it allowed him to get to the front. I feel like now Perez hopefully seems to be, you know, back and driving, driving really well that we get to see those sort of crazy, crazy things again when they can make him do a, a one-stop when everyone else can do a two stop and it puts him at the front. And that's that I mean, if if they've got that um to play with in the championship battle, that's going to be amazing for Red
1: Bull. Yeah, I just don't think he's got the confidence in the Red Bull to pull that kind of performance out just yet, maybe. Uh, Because he managed that, obviously, in the the racing points and and whatnot. But that's when he was, I think, in the peak of his career. He had confidence. He won a race in Bahrain, all that good stuff. Uh, It'd be good to see him get back to that. Um, And then he can be a massive factor. But there's only five races to go, so he's going to have to do it pretty quick. Uh, At Eric Gentilella. I almost read that wrong. Can we get clarification on the pushing another driver off the track rule? I feel like this has happened in many races this year, and it feels unclear on what the consequences are and who is punished. It would be cool to know when it's okay to push a driver wide and when it's not. I, I, I'm sorry, Eric. I, I We are as confused as you are. Um, it seems as though there is one rule for when you push a driver onto the gravel. Take Austria as an example with Lando and Perez um from a couple of years ago wasn't it that one um and that we've, we've we've seen many where it's like if the other driver has more of a consequence which is not what it's supposed to be then they'll get penalized but if they're pushed on to a runoff and can carry on then it's fine it's just changes every week doesn't
2: it the the, the problem is every incident is different however much we want to to compare, but. No rule is the same, which makes it difficult. And also, but but I do totally understand that it is just confusing because it seems you know one week Gasly understeers into Alonso and gets a five-second penalty, and then the next week there's a collision between someone and there's no penalty. And um, yeah, that's I mean before we go into another inconsistency, FIA run, that's just that's just Formula One. I'm afraid. <laughs> I think it I think it does just make a mockery of it does almost make a mockery of um track limits. And I think that almost is what Alonzo's sort of mm. deviously playing at to, to almost he's making it his um his sort of parting gift to uh before he retires from F1, just to basically show how ridiculous these track limits are, um, and how it's completely farcical because. It's almost like they've had to start adding these tarmac runoffs for safety, but there's never been almost a solution or the correct procedure of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And it seems to change every single week. And it's almost like they need to put in some concrete rules for tarmac runoff, excuse the pun.
0: Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes like you say without going into a, another FIA rant and I've had a few people tweeting me saying I can't wait to hear Katie girl from FIA rant about track when this week but I'll try and refrain myself um but yeah essentially the FIA's con- inconsistencies throughout the season has made it almost impossible to know what like unless it's a very evident you've broken the rules kind of thing what the, the actual outcome will be. I do understand where Fernando Alonso is coming from because he saw Austria, prime example. Ricardo was the one that used the track, like went off the track and in, in Alonso's eyes, managed to pass two or three cars, gain an advantage, come back onto the track and nothing was done about it. So Fernando being Fernando, he took the opportunity in Sochi and, uh, you know, went through turn two, through the little uh, runoff area um, and rejoined the track. Bearing in mind, Alonso wasn't the only driver to have done that on that one. I think people like Verstappen and Giovannazzi also did the same, but I, I understand that Alonso <laughs> was the first person to have done it. And took it to 150 and- miles an hour. Well, I I never actually ended up seeing the onboards of the other guys, so they might have done a very similar thing. Oh no, but I they, think they, it's they, just, they did
1: not. Alonso pra- he practiced it on the formation back, didn't he? He literally practiced it. He knew exactly what he was doing.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, fair play. If there's a rule there and you can exploit it, like as blunt as it is, as it is, that's Formula One. That's what teams up and down the grid are doing with the technical regulations and the sporting regulations. If there's a loophole, then they'll try and use it. Um, but this weekend, Fernando, in my opinion, was in the wrong, you know, he pushed Kimi off. Um, and I'm amazed that there wasn't actually a worse outcome from that little tussle on track. Um, and then to do it with Giovanazzi as well, like it's just made him look a little bit silly, in my opinion. Um, I totally am with him on his other uh, sort of criticisms of the FIA but I think that one was maybe he took it just a little, little bit too far as entertaining as it was um that's yeah. not really not really how it works but yeah it's just the FIA have made their lives extremely difficult um because who knows what the result's gonna be like even Pierre Gasly last race in Turkey we talked about it on the podcast in my opinion that was a racing incident that wasn't worthy of a penalty but they've done it and now that's going to be used as evidence for races or years to come and it's just i just want everything to start from scratch it's okay it's getting, katie
1: it's, it's all right silly. it's all right let's let's keep smiley faces on it's okay We'd, we had a good race okay
0: <laughs> did it was a really fun race <laughs>
1: You can go to sleep now if you want, Katie. It's fine. It's fine.
0: We're gonna get through A B C D F one and I'm gonna oh, get God. my motivation yeah, back and then I'm gonna take a nap on myself.
1: <laughs> um yeah, it is it is interesting if if it was someone else, not Fernando Alonso, who's known for you know his antics and whatnot, if a Verstappen or a Hamilton's doing that, the world would explode. Like especially if someone straight lined Russia turn two and did what Alonso did, I think would have a completely different story, but because Fernando for whatever reason is accepted as this kind of like warrior of the, I don't know the people, I'm not sure, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a very weird warrior thing, of the but people. yeah, there you go. That's his new title. Uh, but I do find it strange because it is, it was petulant in around America and, you know, because it didn't go his way, he kind of just started basically playing up, which yeah, I mean, it is great to watch and it's, you know, it's, oh my god he's challenging the stewards but at the same time i think if he continues to do this people will go hmm. like for example mexico turn one when he straight lines that and takes the lead he'll have found a loophole about something or other won't he so
0: he'll be reading he read my prediction yeah
1: <laughs> i did actually uh, it was in my it was my, in my mind somewhere um next question l penguin 147 opinions on the danny versus science tussle personally i thought it was just hard racing Yeah.
0: Robin is racing.
1: Once we finally saw the replay, uh, yeah, it's just racing. I don't think it was really unfair. It's quite, it it kind of chokes a bit, doesn't it? It kind of gets narrower uh, in that section of the track. So they're just fighting hard and Danny Rick just absolutely sending it. Love it. I don't think there's much more to debate on that. Just Danny
0: Rick things, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was such a good battle. That's what, I I love that sequence
2: of corners at Kota. I'm looking forward to, hopefully, the cars being even better to it. like, well, I say even better to overtake, able to overtake um, <laughs> in that section because you can take different lines through it and almost, you know, block the exit. Um, and yeah, that was a great bit of racing. The one the one that I was most confused about was um, that I'd not seen here or I don't think many people mentioned it, but the science bit where they told him that you need to let Lando through and he went, nope, and then nothing <laughs> ever happened of it. They're just like, okay. Oh, I'll, because they guess- let.
1: They let let Danny Rick through, didn't he? Even though I thought it was an amazing overtake that uh, it turns out that (laughs) science said, Yes, I let him through. I'm not sure how much truth is uh, Mm. to that, but he did open the door to be fair to go up the inside. So I guess it was Ferrari
2: and science successfully essentially changing the FAA's mind that they didn't need to do it.
1: And they were like, Oh, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, you're right, actually. Which is odd,
1: isn't it? I'll
2: bet. I guess just
1: steward things. (laughs)
0: Right? Am I right? Yeah. Buy you a bottle of tequila in Mexico. Yeah, That'd literally.
1: Be... <laughs> right, let's press the button. Now it's time for ABCD, and now it's time for ABCDA. and now it's time. Okay, <laughs> here we go then. ABCDF one. Let's try and swiftly get through this, shall we? Lewis Hamilton. Hey. A. A. Right, can we do this? I don't think we can, but can we do (laughs) this one from one? The fans gave him an A as well. Valtteri Bottas. C. 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 Fans, C. Two from two. Max Verstappen. B. A star. (laughs) (laughs) A star. A triple star. A quadruple star. No, A star. A star. And the fans gave him an A star. Sergio Perez. A. A. A.
0: A. But a star for battling through illness. no, but realistically, an a, okay, a. Okay,
1: come on, we can't be bringing in colds and you know,
0: <laughs> colds and flu, <laughs> funny
1: tummies. Uh, and the fans, you get, get an extra a grade as, for diarrhea. Well,
0: <laughs> stop using that word, it's horrible.
1: <laughs> he uh, he did a great team job. Uh, Lando Norris, yeah, very yeah, a bit of a quiet weekend from him, C. Yeah, anonymous, really. C. C. Got out qualified and beaten by Daniel Ricciardo, which uh, has not happened that many times this season. The fans gave him a C as well. That's five from five, everybody. Daniel Ricciardo, A. 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 And the fans gave him an A. Six from six. Charles Leclerc, A. A star. Oh, no. You absolutely. I was doing (laughs) it. it. I was doing it for the synchrony. No, A star, 100%.
2: 100%. You absolutely disgust me. (laughs) A star, <laughs> no context of it, Jeff one. Well, me saying <laughs> Charles Leclerc, A star, and Matt going, "You disgust me."
1: Well, look, I was <laughs> halfway between, but I, I, I wasn't sure, just purely because I think what from the Ferrari could he have done. I, I just think the Ferrari had a bit more pace than than they screwed signs rather than. I, yeah, I think Leclerc is amazing.
2: For fourth, it was fifty seconds off. I think he's scraping an A star. No, I don't think. Yeah, I think, I yeah, think, I think he's maybe A. High a.
0: Mm. Okay.
2: I think you're scraping an A star for me.
0: I've gone for an A as well. I haven't gone for an A star.
1: Not a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally not a fanboy. I mean, A is still a great grade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I'll take that.
1: Um, and the fans gave him an A as well. So you're the fanboy, Tommy. Yeah. Charlotte. That's um, me. Carlos Sainz, B. Y- yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, B. Okay. And the fans B. gave him a B. Sebastian Vettel. A.
0: A. I've gone for B. <laughs> you can tell with the just slight yeah, pause. The pause.
1: <laughs> <There's> like pause. <laughs> That's not going to be an agreement. I've just seen um, the fan. Yeah.
0: He did really well. Don't get me wrong. You know, from last to 10th or whatever. He'd managed to get 10th because Kimmy had an issue. That's It is Kimmy's, fault. <laughs> <It's> Kimmy's <laughs> fault. And I'm grading him for that as a result. But- and he beat Lance. Yeah, and that car comparing is it, like, I can't yeah. compare Vettel's drive to somebody like Hamilton's drive, who I also gave an A. So oh. I'm giving it a high B. Oh, uh,
2: Vettel's as good as
1: Hamilton's. Yeah. Vettel's yeah. think 10 yeah. positions in an Aston Martin
0: with three retirements.
1: To be fair, just... some of those
0: cars were, sh- were rubbish. <laughs> he Was getting
1: beaten anyway because he'd had a crash. Alonso was getting penalties left, front, center, or not, whatever, having an argument with the Stewards. And Gazley just had a broken car all weekend.
2: I love the way this is the opposite of last year when we'd always be a bit more harsh on Bell's grades and and then everyone would be like, You're so harsh to Bell. And I can't believe the fans have voted him a, a B as well when he went from oh, they have. To 10. Whoa, spoilers. We're not
1: Spoiler we've not, we're not
0: got Katie's
1: have you gone for a B, Katie?
0: Um, I'm gonna go for a high B.
1: Well, okay. it still averages as an A because we've It does. Great. It does. Well done, Tommy. We did this. We did this Maths. For seven. <laughs> Uh, and he did an amazing little thing on the microphone, didn't he? Where he was asking the fans not to litter, which is just like, bless It was on. I don't know if you guys saw that. Did you or not? I didn't was, actually. No. It was in the pre-race interview when they go around on the truck. He basically just said, "Don't litter," which is. Did you, you see the say? person
0: that was dressed up as? Uh, that Mike Myers scary Halloween character that was... Oh, there, yeah, like, just in the marshal.
1: background somewhere. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> <I'm
0: not
1: okay. laughs> um, so Vettel gets an A from us and a B from the fans. Lance troll, C. Mm. Yeah, C. C. The fans gave him a C. Pierre Gasly. Can't really rate him. C. Had a- C. Yeah, no, yeah C. he dropped behind the start. And, did, yeah, he's so unlucky.
2: Mm.
1: I know. Incredible! I was like, "What? What universe am I in?" Uh, yes, to Gasly, C from us and C from the fans. Yuki Sonoda P nine points. B
0: definitely.
1: It was a high B. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with Yuki for that one. I'm yeah, sure you are. Just, as well, Tommy. I think
2: that was probably. Well, it's definitely his best race in a long time. I'm hoping that it's. Uh, yeah, more of this, please. But yeah, I think it's still. I think it's still a high B. Yeah. Um, oh, he's a rookie, though, isn't he? But I he has been really in the car for a while now. So, had yeah, six, what,
1: 16 yeah. races or something? Yeah, or fair. Was, yeah, <laughs> 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 Tommy until the very last race has come out. Well,
0: Yuki is a rookie.
1: Yeah, the last race of the season.
0: Yeah, in Abu Dhabi. He is a
1: rookie.
0: Yeah.
1: B. Cool. And the fans gave Snedra a B. Fernando Alonso. C. Hmm. See, yeah, yeah. yeah, fans gave him a C. Ocon, he got punted, didn't he, by Latifi, and then was just nowhere, so couldn't really do much. Then had to retire. Do you reckon Alpine retired both of their cars just for banter? Uh, for banter, yeah, just like you know, we're out of the out of contention. Get yeah, some TV time, yeah.
2: Shows I mean, pushing them into the pits,
1: yeah. <laughs> in terms, of, I guess the cost cap and stuff as well. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Really going, especially with the bumps around here. I don't know. I think I maybe know. yeah. I feel like that
0: would be a bit of a late call, like because there was what five, uh, five six laps at the end when they retired Alonso. Oh, for Alonso, really?
1: yeah, I think that one's. But, um, but, late. Ocon, but I Ocon wasn't Ocon. that far
0: behind. Hmm. He was like, in not know when he retired.
1: Yeah, no, it's a remember. C for Ocon there as well. Yeah, just, C for Ocon. Just, it is indeed uh, a C. So congratulations <laughs> to Esteban Ocon for a C. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen. I mean, D. D? D. yeah, definitely. Threw away. Good yeah, oh yeah, he binned it. Oh yeah, he was literally running in point at one point, wasn't he? And then he binned it. Yeah, so that's sad, but a D. <laughs>
0: that's sad. <laughs> yeah, I think it's got to be a D.
1: And the fans gave him a C, so we are terrible people. Uh, Joe <laughs> Vinatzi. C. C. First 11th. Yeah,
0: another bit of a nothing race, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, he actually had a bit of TV time for, for
1: a change, but it was still for a C performance. Reasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a C from the fans. George Russell, I mean, had C. to start at the back, made some positions up right at the start. He got up to like 13th, didn't he, right at the mm, beginning. Did really well. Uh, and then just didn't really go anywhere from there. So we're... Uh, C. C, yeah, uh, C, I guess. Uh, is that right for you, Katie? Yep.
0: Yep, that's fine for me.
1: And the fans gave him a C as well. We're on a C train at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Latifi punted uh, Ocon. I am giving him an I was going to say E, but maybe
0: Ooh, I D, saw.
1: D. D. I've gone for D as well.
0: I've gone for a D as well.
2: He my almost fans. came out of the pits and got, yeah. took his front wing oh off again. Oh my God,
0: I know. <laughs> Same <Insane, laughs> the, uh,
1: the fans gave him a C. Surprising. Didn't think that was a C performance from Latifi. Nikita Mazepin, he had three pit stops because apparently his headrest started attacking Yeah, him.
0: did you see that? I didn't it actually see it, I heard about off. it.
1: Incorrectly oh, really? fastened at the start of the race. So you know, literally
2: from the very first lap it came undone. So
1: yeah. I did wonder how he was like 58 seconds off the pace after lap five or something. I was like, this yeah. is not great. But it's still a D performance.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because he was... Uh, where was he compared to Mick in qualifying?
1: Yeah, it wasn't wasn't on the pace either, so yeah, D. The fans gave him an F. Shock. Um, and really? finally, Mick Schumacher, he was actually doing okay at one point, and I saw him fighting the Williams, and all of a sudden mm, he, he wasn't. He was so
0: close to Latifi. Yeah, yeah, he I said, mean, had I given been given five more laps, he thinks he would have passed Latifi. Oh,
2: really? Wow. Fair play. Or maybe that's why he was, he, when he said he was in one his,
1: one. his own race, you know, And mm. I said, like, he's got nothing to race for. That's like, probably why... TV. Yeah. He was head down trying to catch the Latifi for a really important 15th place.
2: Delicacy, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, it's I a think.
1: C. And the fans gave him a C as well. Predictions for the US Grand Prix crash at turn one. That happened. Thank you yeah. very much. Ocon and Latifi. Don't worry, you about to question it, Katie?
0: Go on. What were you, you about to say, huh? I was going to say, um, I was expecting a big point. crash. but <laughs> Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh,
1: did I write big? <laughs>
0: Fine. Well, in that way, if we're playing that way, then I
1: fine. think that was a great prediction. Uh, and well done, everyone Mercedes, miles clear of everyone else. I think no, no. Can't what
0: that.
2: Bottas and uh, Bottas yeah. had to get no.
1: through into
2: fourth. They've is- literally just had an
0: argument thing. about how Perez was so far back. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. They yeah, were, but and that's it because was he wasn't was hydrated, Katie. <laughs> You've said this. And well, what about the, Bottas? look, Bottas' is, Bottas's problem it highlights the problems. In Formula One at the Why moment. Why have you suddenly gone really? You can't. <laughs> you, well, I'm trying to win myself a point here. Okay. Uh, I get no. it. Verstappen and Hamilton beat Charles Leclerc by 52 seconds. That He's, is... If you
2: said nice Verstappen story.
1: and Hamilton master of everyone, I would have considered it. But oh, you, oh, are, you, are you the points master now? Yeah, on I am. OK. All right. Zero <laughs> points for that. I get one point. Tommy, what was yours? Uh,
2: mine was Bottas given team orders. No. Nope. Nope. And Leclerc top five race finish. Yes. Well
1: done, Katie. Ooh.
0: Mine was mechanical failure for one of the championship contenders, which.
1: Nope.
0: Which bot us the championship (laughs) contender?
1: Alonso was
2: in
0: 2012. Yeah, Yeah, this one time. Half a point. Uh, And then Ricardo finishes ahead of Norris. Great prediction. That was a great
1: prediction. Well done, Katie. Uh, The fans, Ken Drink underscore, Latifi out qualifies Russell. No. F1 Aditya, McLaren double DNF. No. And Mega versus Primus, Mick to score points. No. Predictions for the Mexican Grand Prix. I've gone for Perez team orders and Sonoda scores points again. We
2: Tommy. discussed this in our podcast, didn't we, about Perez team, team orders. It's going to be, um, yeah, Mexican fans aren't going to be happy with Red Bull if uh, he right. has to sacrifice a win. Uh, Might do. Speaking of Perez, I've, I'm going to say he gets his first pole position.
1: Oh, so if you awesome. get that, I probably get mine as well. So
2: let's do yeah, that. Let's do that. Probably. Let's do that. Um, and more track limit drama from Alonso. AKA. Shock. just Straight literally. lines. <laughs> straight straight well, lines. We've that seen chicane. it before, haven't we? Hamilton did it. Hamilton he? did it. I, I think going to do it. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Just going oh, game God. eight positions. Uh, Katie?
0: I've gone for a Gasly top five and a Ferrari podium.
1: Lovely. Nice. And. Tommy's decided to choose a very similar one for the fans. Ace 12, Adam, both Ferraris on the podium.
0: Oh, wow. well, I can change my Ferrari podium if you want. Oh,
1: um, no, it's fine. It's okay.
0: It's okay.
1: okay. Stormboy, 172. Russell, top five in quality. Top what? five?
0: What? Tommy,
1: what are you choosing here? Are you trying to make sure the fans <laughs> score no points for the rest of the season? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what on earth is that name? Frontriniandini. DNF for one of the Red Bulls. Wow. There you go, then. That is the WTF1 post-race podcast, done and dusted. Thank you to the Team WTF1 members watching live. Please do check out Team WTF1 if you want to get involved with that. We uh, do lots of stuff. Discord as well. We've got that. There's lots, so of
0: karting. lots of
1: stuff flowing about there. Yeah, karting, camping. There's the Mercedes sim competition, which we've, of course, closed. But um, there's that coming up for, for some of the lucky winners. Lots of stuff. Tommy, final thoughts? <laughs> um, Led you into a full sense of security, like our oh, mats in in ad mode. I genuinely don't have any. No, I've said no.
2: everything I needed to no, say.
1: No, no, that's my final thought. No, we, we <laughs> do not end this podcast until you come up with something. I'm enjoying this. Look um, at my brain whirring away. Charlotte Claire
2: is underrated. Okay, that's my final thought. Because I have seen a lot of people. That's of uh when when we put, put the stat about um you know how science is doing well compared to Leclerc, a lot of people are like, Oh, Ferrari's golden charge's not as good as I think, and I think that's a load of rubbish. And he showed in that race that I think if he you know gets a car that he can uh, be up there with Max and Lewis, I think he would be. So there's my final thought.
1: Interesting. My final thought to add on to that is that I think he's just a step below. The likes of Max Verstappen, because we've seen many mistakes from Charles, which is um, something that he's firing out. I don't, I don't
2: rate him as high, but I think he'd be but in that there or record. thereabouts
1: for a few wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he's had two right, polls well this year, it, didn't which he, in is
2: 2019,
1: and he's had two poles this year. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. feels like four years mm. ago. Katie, what's your final thought?
0: My final thought is congratulations to Jamie Chadwick for winning the W Series championship this weekend, which was an amazing drive. Also, shout out to Alice Powell because they had a good championship battle but now Jamie Chadwick will hopefully accrue enough super license points that we may see her in some FP1 sessions next year she's a Williams talent um, if she so, can afford it yeah which she also get a nice chunk of money you and do get sure, a lot but... of
1: money for an series so mm-hmm. that, no you um, get a quarter of have. a million yeah quarter yeah, of a million I guess that's nothing is it that's, I mean? that's like two minutes in FP1 <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> but hey hopefully with the Will- she's been part of the Williams family for quite a long time um, so it'd
1: be nice it'd be really nice yeah, yeah. very good yeah and it'd be good uh, she's a very good driver and a very nice person as well And so it'd be really good to see her in an FP1 fingers crossed but Williams I think might have to subsidise that a little bit uh, to allow that to happen but we'll yeah. see well thank you very much for your final thoughts much better yours Katie than Tommy's yeah I had nothing um, really <laughs> <laughs> Me and Katie are now. Tommy's uh, now uh, getting the tired wave. Uh, yeah. Tommy's Tommy's hit the tired wave for no reason. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've, and, got, uh, I've got I've got I've got family over and my little uh two-year-old niece who was watching Motorsport oh. and uh so she's converted, which is that that should have been my final thought. My my little niece is now converted to Motorsport because she pointed at the screen and said, Wow cars, when she was watching the oh, W series. Cute. So, but so, yeah. is she
1: subscribed to WTF one? Yes. Okay. I good. made her. Good. You made her a YouTube account. <laughs> yeah. Just to,
2: yeah, She definitely uh, understands YouTube at two yeah. years old. And, oh, no, yeah, one, you, yeah. you're, you're not a Formula One site.
1: fan if you're not. Anyway, exactly. thank you so much everybody for watching and listening. <laughs> Please give us five stars, a thumbs up wherever you are. Um, <laughs> too early. If you do enjoy it. Katie's already literally ready to get to bed. So uh, she's like, just let, just end the podcast, Matt. <laughs> Uh, that's been amazing thank you everybody Uh, lots more content coming out of course we've got a week break before we then go to Mexico where we will be bringing you all the content once again thank you everybody thank you to Tommy thank you to Katie and we'll see you soon bye bye
2: bye bye Katie